0: back to the culture call on praise 93.3 with l spencer smith our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800 be sure to install the free praise 93.3 app so you can send l spencer smith a message or topic idea search for WTF. SK in your app store Good morning, great morning, great morning, precious people. You know what time it is. It's, that's right. It's that time. It's time for the culture call with yours, Shirley L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3 FM. Indeed, it is the place where Tuscaloosa meets the world. And, of course, for the next two hours from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be talking a little bit about everything. You know how we do it. From society to sports, education to economics, and definitely from religion to relationships, we are always here always here to create a safe space to have empowering conversations. That's right. And not just empowering, provocative, and sometimes, sometimes controversial. Yes. And guess what? You can call in 205-524-800. You can call in and make sure that you are a part of the conversation as we learn right here on the culture call. Welcome, welcome to another show. That's right. We've made it another day. Hasn't God been good to us absolutely absolutely listen maybe you're a first time listening to the show to the culture call we want to welcome you to the culture call family uh on the behalf of me <laughs> absolutely i am grateful to have you on this ride with me every morning from monday through fridays it is a blessing to be able to share uh and to be able to uh connect and promote uh what's happening in our community, the black community, and move it forward. How many of you think that that's important? I know I do. My thing is I do not like for our people to be late, last, or lost. So, yeah, God has given me this amazing platform to make sure that I bring in all of the issues, as many as I can, uh, so that we can kind of stay together. So that we'll know exactly what's on the horizon and what we need to do to keep our community strong, our family strong, uh, and build up our community. So yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to have you here. And definitely to all of you who are our consistent listeners. You, uh, you listen every day. You call in. You encourage me. You see me in these streets. <laughs> And you encourage me to keep doing what I'm doing. And listen, I am so very grateful for you, you, and most especially you. I need everybody, as I say every morning, to do me a favor. I need you because I know it is close by. Go ahead and get your smartphone, your smart device, whatever that may be, Apple or Android. Yeah, I need you to go ahead and go to your app store and do me a favor. Search out, search out praise 93.3 fm there once you do that yeah press enter yep yeah, mm-hmm. once you do that you're gonna find that we provided you with a free 99 app it does not cost a thing yes when you download that app get it on your phone go ahead open it up like it's christmas time open it up and when you do that guess what you can listen to me from all around the world, definitely all around uh, these here 50 states, whether you are in Atlanta, Georgia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Los Angeles, California, Dallas, Texas, and most importantly, and most especially, shall I say, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and all the surrounding areas, Birmingham, uh, Utah, Reform, Gordo, yeah, you can hear me wherever you are when you have that app. Listen, uh, you all have been doing a great job with this, but I'm going to say it that I desire to be your PR specialist, your promotions, your, you know, I want to let folks know, uh, uh, exactly what's happening in your neck of the woods in terms of your events, in terms of your services. And guess what? You can utilize, uh, my, this show. Yeah. Guess what? And I will announce it. And let everybody know what's going on. Lottie, Dottie, and everybody. I'm going to let them know what's happening in your church, what's happening in your, uh, you know, in your organization, your fraternity, your sorority, whether you're having a revival, a concert, a business seminar. That's right. A cookout. <laughs> and you want us to come? Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go ahead and send it to culturecall.praise at gmail.com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Don't put the article on it. It's just culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Yeah, and give me an opportunity to let everybody know to come to your event. Come to that. Yeah, make sure that they show their faces in the place. You know why? Because we do it better when we do it together, and there is absolutely nothing like when you plan an event and you see people in the audience, you see people crowding it. Yeah, it makes you feel really good, doesn't it? absolutely so yeah for your church anniversary let me know yeah whether you get your choir has a concert your quartet uh has a quater- concert yeah. Uh Maybe your fraternity and sorority has a community barbecue, whatever it is. We just want to let people know. And of course, go ahead and lock in this number 205 That's 205 And you can be a part of the conversation. Give me a call. That's right. Now, I know many of you are at work and I get it, but some of you are not. You still can be a part. I want everybody to be a part of the conversation. Now, for those of you who are at work and you can't really call in, that's why we have the app just for you. Absolutely. Go ahead and put you some ear pods in or some earphones in, and you can listen at your cubicle. You can listen while you work, while you're sweeping, whatever you do on your job. You can listen to the culture call and you can hit me up in that chat. Absolutely. You can hit me up in the chat and, you know, we can definitely, definitely stay connected. That's cool, right? I know it. Technology is a blessing when it wants to be. Also, I want to remind you that you can indeed join our Facebook page. Yeah, because I know a lot of us are on Facebook. Just search out The Culture Call. Now you can put the article on it. (laughs) The Culture Call. And go ahead and like the page. That's right. Like the Culture Call page. And then you can send your announcements. You can hit me up all through there. Yeah, or definitely you can look on your phone. Go to the chat and on the app. Yeah, on the app. There is a, a chat area where you can send me your chat. Well, you you How you think, what you're thinking about the show, what you think about, you know, the subject matter. You know, you can weigh in on it. You can tell me if I'm doing a great job. You can tell me if I'm stinking up the joint. Listen, my feelings don't get hurt really easy. I just want to make sure that you are part of what we are doing. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab you some coffee. You know how we do it around here. Maxwell House or Starbucks. That's right. Y'all know what I like. Or you can get some herbal tea. Some uh, chamomile, if you're trying to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're trying to wake up, you can get some green tea. That's right. And they got raspberry, peach, all that kind of good stuff. You can get that. And they give you a little caffeine kick so you can keep moving through your day. And definitely you can get you some alkaline water to detox that body. Because I don't know how we have been eating. Have we been eating our fruits and vegetables and our very lean, high uh, high protein, lean meats? Have we been doing that? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't even try it. Just go ahead and get the water (laughs) and drink it. Get down to that cellular level and wake those cells up and say, come on, we got something to do. And come on, let's get hydrated and get into the culture. Want to send a very special shout out to Brother Jay. Man, we are in revival this week, you know, and I'm talking more figuratively because every day he is blazing the airways, man, and I I sit here and I listen to him, and y'all just go back and forth and calling him in, and, and, and yes, I love Jesus. Listen, I, I love it, I love it, and then he so gracefully and graciously passes that baton to me. Y'all, it's so hot. That baton is hot when he passes it to me, but I keep on going, so we're going to continue uh, this revival in conversation conversation for our community all right shout out to him hey good deal good deal listen today I want to talk uh in kind of in conjunction with what I talked about yesterday and uh, we talked about changes and and uh learning how to handle transitions and things of that nature and definitely we want to continue that but I want to talk about you know a fear today I want to talk about dealing with fear today Um, and, and ask a major question. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I know things are changing and I know transition as we talked about it yesterday, but, but a lot of times people do not change and do not transition because they are afraid of something. There is something going on on the inside of them that causes them not to embrace the opportunity, not to move forward, not to embrace, uh, the, the, the platform not to apply for the job, not to get into another relationship. And at the root of it all is really fear. It's really fear. It's not that you don't like people anymore. It's just that you're afraid of something about you or, or afraid of that interaction, right? It's not that you don't want a better job. It's just that if you, if you, Go to another thing. What is it going to cost you? What is all? It's all based in fears and phobias. And one of the unfortunate things that we face as humans is that we have to learn how to face our fears. You know, the text says, and I don't want to come off preaching this morning, but guess what? I will if I have to. <laughs> the text says in Timothy, Paul tells Timothy that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of Love and a sound mind. Now, I want to parse some things. Number one, let me just start this conversation off that God has not given us the spirit of fear. I get that. But we do fear. And that's that's not necessarily a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear is something that creates an environment in your entire world where it limits you. It sets you back. It creates boundaries in your actions. It causes you not to move forward. It breaks your momentum. It causes you to see yourself as insecure. It's a spirit. It feels like something is on you. And every time that you, you know, it, you have these certain, uh, it trends to have certain phobias and trends to have certain traumas surrounding it. But it just limits the quality of life that you can live. That would be the spirit of fear. But fear in and of itself is not a bad thing. Fear says that there is something that I do not know. Fear says that now I am confronted with an opportunity to face an element or a dynamic in myself that I've never had to do before. You see, when fear comes, fear always comes in the dark, always comes, whether it be the spirit of fear or whether it is just general fear and that you're just afraid of something. It always deals that that fear always exists in the dark. Now, I'm not talking about that. There is no sunlight or the absence of life, but light. But I am saying that whenever fears come, you can you already know that there is a level of ignorance that is there now. Stop right there because I don't want y'all to get offended. Don't you turn off this. Don't you turn, don't put, get your head off it, right? No, I'm not cold. When I say ignorance, ignorance is not a bad word, even though it has been painted to be a bad word, right? Simply from its root, ignorance simply means something that we do not know. We just don't have the knowledge base. We just, it's just something that we have not been exposed to. And, and that fear causes a particular level of ignorance right? So when you are a particular level of ignorance, because I am in the dark concerning things. Now, push pause. Everybody is ignorant to something. Let me say that again, that everybody is ignorant to something. You do not know it all. You've not experienced it all. You've not been every place. You don't have, you know, you don't have a, a a a a rolodex of of realities that can roll out that you can. You just know everything. Now I know some people think they know everything, but that's a lie. They don't. I promise you, right? And so all of us have to deal with what we believe or what we have to uh, uh, confront in the dark, in the darkness of our own mind, in the darkness of our own lack of education, in the darkness of our own, you know, uh, untested abilities right? All of us have certain levels of fear. Now, here is the problem, that fear is not an excuse for you to resign and or abdicate your responsibility to participate in life. Let me say that again, that fear is not that get out of jail free card or get out of responsibility free card that you can use yeah. So that you won't have to do a thing. You know, Uh when I was younger and, you know, I come from a singing family and and when I had to get up on stage, there was a fear. And I couldn't. I mean, we get to church. We've been in rehearsal and I get up and I would be af- afraid to get up and sing. Well, I you know, uh, my mom would say, well, what, what's wrong with you? I'm scared to get up there. She's like, OK. All right, but then close your eyes, but you're going to get up there, right? (laughs) Because fear is not a ticket to stop doing what you know your purpose is. Fear is not the ticket to get out of the responsibility and the obligation to go ahead and try, to go ahead and love, to go ahead and and, and get a new experience, to expose yourself to something new, right? That's how we learn and gar- learn how to live. That's how we gain, you know, understanding of what is really going on in our lives, right? So that's very important. And so, so fear is... Fear is not something that is designed to limit you, right? But yeah, fear is not what, what it, it, you just can't do it. Power, power means that I have the ability. Love means that I'm going to go beyond my, I'm going to go beyond my fear to deal with the passion that I have for a thing. Yeah, I'm afraid, but I got to do this. Have you ever had that thing inside of you that, yeah, you were kind of uneasy about doing it, but you just knew you had to do it? And a sound mind, a healthy mind, right? That beyond fear, I'm going to strategize and I'm going to think my way through it. I'm going to think my way uh, uh, uh and strategize my way in order to get what I need done, done. And so one of the things that we cannot do is allow our fears to arrest the activity and the, uh, the, the the responsibility to gain light. You remember, I just said uh, uh, fear dwells a lot, has a lot to do with ignorance and ignorance is only dispelled By knowledge and experience, right? And so, and so, darkness just like darkness is is dispelled by light, or better yet, not even dispelled by light. Light is the absence of darkness, right? Then, and then, so when you move and you hold your responsibility, uh, and you and you activate, right? It dispels. It dispels the fears, and it dispels all of the things that you may have been afraid of, or all those the things that have been saying you can't do it or these things are going to happen see with fear comes anxiety with fear comes anxiety it comes this anxiousness this you know it's not just i'm afraid have you ever seen a a, a horror movie and you look at them when they are afraid they get really anxious they make a lot of you know a lot of uh You know, moves, sporadic moves, you know, erratic moves They just start moving, doing things. And, you know, instead of confronting that, you know, they'll pick up a a piece of cotton and think it's going to kill the killer or whatever, you know, whatever it is, they think that, you know, anxiety comes and it distorts your thinking. It's designed to make sure that you don't think straight. Let me say it again. When fear comes, anxiety is right with it because anxiety is needed to, number one, cause you not to think straight. Number two, it causes you to overthink and, and falsely, can I say it like this, falsely prophesy to yourself all of the impending things that may happen if you tried. That's powerful. That's what anxiety comes to do. It comes to give you a conversation, create a conversation in your mind. And you've not even tried it yet. You've not even gone yet. You've not even gotten your car to arrive at the location where you're about to do or where you have to do something yet. Uh, anxiety is going to come and utilize fear. Those two is a those two uh aspects of 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 human reality are toxic mixes because anxiety is going to talk to you. It is. I'm telling you, it's going to talk to you in such a in such a way that it will convince you that you do not have the responsibility to do it. Or you can just give up. You can. You ain't even got to go. You only have to try ain't nobody gonna miss you or what happens if you stand up there and your slip falls down what happens if you stand up there and you forget the words what happens if your voice cracks what happens if you go there and you, you you know you expose yourself and they don't reply the way that you want them to reply or you say I love you and then they say oh that's nice right what if they don't respond the way you don't respond or what if it doesn't grow go the way that you want it to go Anxiety will have you moving back and forth and just, I mean, writing it down and you will literally torture yourself, right? Fear is torment. That's the text. Fear is torment. Fear is torment because fear partners with anxiety. And it begins to torment your peace. It begins to torment your joy. It begins to torment your, your vision, your a forward outlook. Fear. Fear. That's right, fear. It it causes you to see shadows and figures that are not really there. And fear that it doesn't just exist in children. It really is really strong when it gets to the adult level. You know, there are a lot of people that fear. There are a lot of people that fear, uh, uh, you know, each other in this country. You know, there are a lot of people that, that fear, you know, mixing races and all these different kinds of things and and they and they do certain things you know the whole racial animus i mean look over history it's cuz they fear they fear dark skin they fear you know a different uh, a political context a different political agenda they fear and fear what torment them and cause them to choose actions that are against humanity against their own humanity and the humanity of others and so one of the things that you really have to do and you really have to understand is this, is that if you stay in a life of fear and if you let anxiety keep its hold, if you, have, if you allow that to happen, then guess what? It's going to limit the efficacy. It's going to limit the effectiveness of your life. And you've got too much life to live. Listen to me, culture call in this centering moment. Come on in the room now. You've got too much life to live to be living that life predominantly in fear. Now, here is what L is not saying. Here's what the bishop is not saying, that you will not, there will not be times when you are afraid, especially when you're coming into new experiences. You know, I remember uh, this just this past year, I had to get a procedure done and it was my first time getting a procedure done and they couldn't get my I was sitting in there and in the, in the, just kind of waiting. It was an outpatient kind of surgery kind of thing. And I was outpatient procedure rather. And the nurse looked at me. And she said, you're afraid, Mr. Smith. I said, yes. <laughs> she was like, why are you afraid? Number one. I have never, she said, in all your life, you've never been in the hospital. You've never had procedures done. You ne- I, No, ma'am, I have not. And I'm looking at all this stuff beeping. And I'm looking at, oh, I'm listening to all this stuff. And she tried and tried and tried to get my blood pressure down. And, and listen, and that was, uh, she was like, nah, you need to calm down. So, I, I mean, they had to delay the procedure until they could get my blood pressure into adjust. Because my mind was all over the place. What could happen? Now, I had not heard, I heard only positive stories about the procedure that I had to have, but th- that, that didn't mean anything to me. I was afraid. That was my first time. Listen, and then they told me, I don't know why they told me, they said, well, you, we're going to have to, you, the only way you can do this, we got to put you under anesthesia. Anna who? Anna what? Anastasia? Anna, Annie Belle? No, ma'am. I was <laughs> like, you going to have to do what? Yeah, we're going to have to put you to sleep. Oh, man, listen, my fears, I, when, y'all don't hear me. My fears were going north, south, east, and west at the speed of light. I don't care if y'all laughing at me. It's fine. I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you. But the reality was I was afraid 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 and so the surgeon comes in the surgeon comes in and says okay mr smith listen we have to get this done we got to get this over you know your wife is waiting she's out there you know waiting and so what we're going to do is i'm going to tell the anesthesiologist before they put you under to give you some kind of something for your blood pressure we're going to do all that right and i was sitting there like this did you just are you serious I used to, but I'm talking about afraid. I'm talking about afraid to the point where I was shaking. In the room wasn't even cold, and and something clicked all of a sudden. I got in that room and something said, "What are you? What are you? What what what's going on with you? Why are you? Why are you afraid like this? What is going on?" There was, and then they had a, a a black nurse that was in there with me, and she's like, "Okay, here here's the deal. I need you to calm down." I mean, it was just. I was like, I know what you're trying to do. And I'm talking to her. I know what you're trying to do. She said, well, if you know what I'm trying to do, Jen Jess, you let me do what you know I'm trying to do. <laughs> and by the next thing I knew, I woke up in recovery <laughs> and, and all my fear, all my fear and our uh, fears had been resolved because it was a new experience. That th- that experience, that procedure existed in the dark for me. And when you fear something or you're afraid of something, anxiety comes and it starts causing you to think, oh, man, what if I don't wake up? What if they what if they stick the wrong vein? What if they don't use the right medicine? I mean, you think of what if they, you know, Michael Jackson, I mean, what if they did this? I mean, you listen what what if they use too much of this? What if they don't use enough of this? What if, I get, what if I wake up in the middle of the procedure? What if this happens? What if they cut something? It wasn't even a cutting situation. I mean, <laughs> my mind was going a thousand miles a minute because fear and anxiety was tormenting me. Fear and anxiety were tormenting me, <laughs> right? And so one of the things that I have learned is that you never get too old to fear, you never get too old to be afraid of something. But the thing is, you cannot allow that to become a spirit or an an, uh, an energy or uh, let me use another word because some of y'all might be a, some of y'all might be offended with the word energy, but it cannot be the platform or the impetus, the catalyst for how you use how you view life. Fear cannot be your first thing you think. That's when you know that thing has gotten way deep on the inside of you. And every situation you deal with, now you got to face it in fear. You got to deal with the fear of this and the fear of that and the fear of this. And that's really unfair to you. That it it causes certain things in your body from a physiological standpoint. It definitely disrupts your peace. It disrupts your mind. It disrupts your ability to think, uh, you know, coherently, clearly. Definitely, it does indeed affect your body. Fear and and, and anxiety definitely affects your body. It, it causes chemicals and all that, and different adrenaline into run, 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 all that different kinds of things. Yeah, and so and so, you've got to get a hold to it. You got to make sure that yes, I fear this. I'm afraid of this. But then you have to start asking yourself the question, why am I afraid of this? Why am I afraid to confront this? Why am I afraid to love again? Why am I afraid to try a new location? Why am I afraid to grow up? Why am I afraid to, in, to give and invest this kind of situation, uh, be a partner in this? Why am I afraid? Because when fear begins to govern your life, it causes you to make unwise choices. It causes you, culture call, listen, it causes you to miss the opportunities a lot of times that we prayed for. In other words, fear and anxiety are the antithesis, are the opposite. They work against prayer. Absolutely. Prayer and meditation. You can pray, pray, pray all about it. And then, and then you get the instructions of how to get it. And if you're afraid of it, then everything you prayed for is just out the door just out the window you prayed for nothing and so one of the things that the text tells us is that we have to be anxious for nothing that in other words don't let don't be you know don't let anxiety come in for anything but you know by prayer and supplication be anxious for nothing right But in everything by prayer and supplication. That means if I'm going to pray about it, y'all know this one, then I can't be afraid. I can't allow fear to control me, to limit my part, my submission to the strategy, my execution to the plan. I cannot allow fear and and being afraid of the unknown to stop the vision that I know I'm supposed to have. Yeah. Yeah. See, I want you to understand that, yes, we are human. And even though other people try to make things, make it seem like black folks are not human and we ain't afraid of nothing. No, we do have fears because we are human. Absolutely. But the reality is, is that we cannot allow, you or me cannot allow fear and the unknown and walking in the dark, the dark of experience and the dark of even in our minds, and our knowledge bases to cause us to stop participating or yet not participating in life. Yeah. Fear is the thing a lot of times that will introduce you to your faith. Mm, That was good, wasn't it? I know. (laughs) That's what fear does. Fear, if you handle that thing properly, if you get control over it, it will introduce you to your faith. That thing that in spite of fear and in spite of being afraid and in spite of doubt causes you to try, to attempt, to go forward, to move, to envision, to see, to do, to construct, to build. It will help you move forward in your life. And so this morning we want to ask you a big question. What are you afraid of? What is it that you are afraid of? Because we're going to help you as we help ourselves get over our fear. Listen, this is the culture call. This has been the centering moment, right here, centering moment right here with L Spencer Smith. You know it. That's right. Your guy, right here on Praise 93.3 FM. We've got much more to go. Don't miss it. This is the world We are back right here on The Culture Call. That's right. With yours, Julie Elspeth Smith, Praise 93.3 FM. And we're having an amazing morning, starting off a very provocative and important conversation in our community. And that is dealing with fear and phobias. What are you really afraid of? What is limiting you? What is going on? And it is in connection with yesterday's conversation about how we can handle and manage change and transition. Because I think one of the things that hinder us from really being our best selves and being moving, you know, with the season, with the opportunity, with the platform is managing and learning how to negotiate with our fears and, and, and being able to move forward. You see, because you have to negotiate with fear. The fear is is such a an adversary. Fear is such a, you know, um, it it is such a behemoth. It is such a thing, you know, that you have to contend with because really you have to look at you in the mirror in such a way. It's like fear is like, you know, you got to look at your insecurity. You got to deal with your knowledge base. You got to deal with, you know, uh, you know, you got to deal with the, the true enemies that you may have. You know, you got to deal with a whole plethora of a lot of things that are, the resources, you know, you have to look at your resource values, you know, what you have working for you. Um, you got to look at all of that when you're dealing with fear. And so fear, when it, when it's activated in our lives, touches uh, everything about us. It touches, it causes us to confront, um, if we would, if we would, but be courageous and be honest. Confront ourselves in a unique way, because again, I tell you, fear is is something that will limit you if you allow it. If you allow it, right? And because of what I do on my day to day job as a pastor, I get an opportunity. You know, um, you know, I, I I would not have I would not have thought that people in in church, even like you know uh, how much church we have and praise and worship and prayer. And how we shout and dance, and we say we believe God, we, you know, and, and we we preach the stories of of the disciples in the boat with Jesus, and they got into the storm. We we preach all of you know uh, Peter walking on the water. We preach all of that, man, and we we have a good time, right? But sometimes we look at those characters and those narratives and those stories from a distant place. And one of the things that my professor told me is that you know you're preaching good when the people see themselves as the Peter you're talking about. When they when they see themselves as the disciples that says, Master, do you not care that we are perishing, that we're dying, that this storm is gonna win, this wind, you you brought us all out here to kill us, you know what I'm saying? That when the people begin to see their own experience in those stories is when those that the 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 scripture The text can really help them and that I'm being effective as a pastor a preacher and a teacher that if I'm just exciting someone but they're not seeing that these characters these characters in the text really represent real human conditions they represent really uh you know uh uh, valid human realities you know until you get there then the word ain't working for you right and that's just facts and so one of the things that I really didn't understand growing up and even as a young preacher, is this whole fear concept. And then the more that I begin to grow, the more that I begin to study, the more that I begin to experience life on my own, because you have to understand, I started this journey when I was a teenager, right? And so there I was padlocked from a whole lot because I, you know, lived with my parents. I went to college and, you know, was all that kind of stuff. But when I had to do life on my own, and when I got my own family. You know, you confront fears that you don't even know that were there. Like, man, you know, can I take care of them? What am I doing this? Is this going to work if I apply for this job and X, Y, Z? I mean, just try the fears of being a man, a fears of being a husband. Uh, I'm sure my wife had a fear of being a wife, fear of being a mother, you know, because you got these little lives. And then you got the, you know, fear of, you know, you, you may lose your job. Just a whole lot of th- this and that. And then fear of how you going to pay your bills, you know all of that that's real human real human things and so one of the things i I really believe is that when people come to me and they say uh you know pastor can you talk to me or can you'm I'm, I'm afraid of XYZ or uh, I think I'm struggling with with fear I'm compassionate the first thing that I do with them is I ask them a question what are you afraid of tell me tell me the situation and then what I normally do is I just say okay all right let's just look at it let's let's look at it um i've been there because you 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 really can't help people until your experience becomes the bridge to help them cross over to another experience right and so I would be foolish to say, or oh, you know, man, bro, you know, son, you you ought not to fear. You know, the Lord is your light, your salvation. Whom shall you fear? The Lord is the strength of your life. Whom shall you be afraid? All right, good. I got it. I, I hear you. I understand that. Okay, good. But really, that's not what's going to help him. Giving him a false sense of of courage and boldness and strength is not going to help him ignoring the fact that he's facing things that he's never faced before and he's walking in the dark in this season of his life is not helping him no it's not it's not helping him what it's making him do is put up a a a fake uh you know a fake face you know for me and for the reality that he has to deal with and not really you know maybe dealing with the, the deep inner things that's within himself. Not answering the right questions. You know, Socrates teaches us, you know, not just from a theological perspective, from a philosophical perspective, that the the most questions that we ask are not dumb questions, right? <laughs> Don't ask no dumb questions. No, that's not what Socrates teaches. That's, like, that's what is called a Socratic method. And what Socrates does is he hones in in asking the right question, There is no wrong question, but there is a particular level of questioning that can cause you to get to the root of the matter so that you can get the best answer, the best answer, right? Jesus practiced that method. Jesus practiced that method. You know, when he's asking somebody, how long have you been here? What are you afraid of? Yeah? When he begins to ask, you know, do you want to be made whole? How long has he been that way? Woman, where are your accusers? See, those questions are formatted formatted in the Socratic form because when you ask the right question, it causes the person who you're talking to to get down deep into the heart of the matter so that they can get the solution that will free them to live because, yes, Fear is a type of bondage. Fear is a type of enslavement. Fear is a type of mind- altering drug that will make you think that you can't. It will make you think that you you won't. It will make you think that you know the, your the, the situation is winning, the enemy is winning, you know your opposition is going to run you over and give you uh, give you the excuse to have no resolve. so you'll walk away from that with no answer. All you will walk away with is the strengthening of fear that 's what that's what it comes to do so so you have to right ask the right question and I begin to start talking to that young man and start asking him some some you know practicing that method let's ask the right questions you know and and making sure that he 's in a safe space to talk about what's what he's really afraid of you know and if 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 you're dealing with fear you 've got to deal with the right question. So when I say, what are you afraid of? What are you really afraid of? What are you really afraid of? The issue for those disciples was not the winds and the waves. You know why? Come closer. Because they were fishermen. That was not the first time that they had ever experienced the storm. Ding, 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 ding. Think about it. They, They were fishermen. So surely in all of the years that they had been fishing, that they had experienced some level of, uh, you know, torrential winds and the waves got crazy. Surely they had been fishing in a storm before. So that was not the issue. The issue was there was something different about this storm. And what was different about this storm is normally everybody on the storm is in an anxious position. Everybody is in the storm, is working, you know, they're batting in the hatches. They're trying to turn the sail. They're trying to roll whatever, ever. And here... You got this guy that's asleep. Now, that's fearful because we all panicking. How can you sleep? You know, something is going on. So it took their minds to different places. That's why they said, hey, master, don't you care if we die? And so there it is. Ding, 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 ding. They were afraid to die. They were afraid that this was the one that was going to take them out. That's what it was. They were afraid that this particular storm was had robbed away from them a peace, a peace in knowing, a peace that every fisherman has to have. A peace that when you get on these, on the sea, guess what? It might crank up. It might the winds may blow and the waves may dash. All these things are possible and happening. But this particular storm robbed away their peace, robbed away their trust. Robbed the way that what they knew to do in a storm, it took it away. And that's what fear comes to do. Even your knowledge base, even what even what you know to do, it will take it away from you. It will make you feel like you don't know what to do when fear sets in. And and so they wake, you know, y'all know y'all know the story. They wake Jesus up and Jesus says, hey, peace be still he tells he tells them peace and tells the wind be still that's yeah peace be still peace to them cuz that was that yeah, yeah peace cuz yeah, and and to the winds be still and they were amazed jesus was like yo where's your faith because fear is always an issue of where your faith is where your confidence lies Where's your strength of mind in the matter, right? And so and so that that's why you got to really confront faith and um, fear and ask the right question. What am I afraid of? And, am, am I afraid that I'm going to sink in this? Am I afraid that I'm going to get ba- embarrassed in this? Am I afraid that they're not going to select me so I'm not going to even go to the audition? I'm not going to even have the conversation because they may not this and this may not. Again... You got to bring all of that into one thing and ask yourself is my fear stronger than my desire to move forward is my fear stronger than the opportunity that is presently in front of me because here's the truth of the matter the truth of the matter is is that what if it goes well coach call what if it goes well let me say that again. I mean, all the things that we fear that could go wrong, you know? Yeah. But what if you got the job? What if you got the promotion? What if they do like you back? I mean, what if you do smash at the concert? Whether you what 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 would happen if you just literally, literally bring the house down? What 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 would happen? What would you know if that's really your moment? You're going to let it just slip away because you're afraid of how people might look, right? And you just never know, right? But what you got to do is not allow that fear to to silence your confidence. Write that down because I know that's good. You cannot allow fear to silence your confidence. Number one, your confidence in God, right? You cannot allow Fear, because fear is not stronger than him. Number one, he didn't give it to you, so you don't have to take it. (laughs) He didn't give you the spirit of fear, the attitude of fear, the notions of fear, the mindset of fear. He didn't give it to you, so you don't have to take it. Anything God gives you, you take. But if he doesn't give it to you, I don't have to take it right? I know that might sound a little glib. That might sound a little easier said than done, but no, that's just the mindset that you have to have. If God didn't give it to me, I don't have to take it. And then confidence in yourself. Yeah. You, yeah. That you can get it done. That you are the person for the job. They're going to be just as impressed with you. They're going to return the love that you have for them. Yep. That you're going to get up and do your best. You may not, you may crack some notes, but it's going to come through effectively. It's going to reach who it needs to reach. It's going to touch who it needs to touch. And see, sometimes the people whose face that looks like rocks and flints are actually the people you need to do it for to reach them. You have absolutely no idea, no kind of clue of what journey you're being sent on to make sure that those people are reached. And so sometimes I know sometimes people come to church and they're looking at, they're frowning, or I'm there in a concert and I'm getting ready to sing and they're looking at me, yeah, like impress me. And that's what my fear tells me. They they ain't going to get with you. They don't know the song, you singing a new song. And they got this look on their face and automatically I take that as a negative thing. Yeah, yeah. And so now I don't, you know, that's how I was. I'm like, hmm. I would just close my eyes. Now I open them. I'm like, yeah, I need to see who's looking at me crazy. (laughs) I need to see who I need to minister to. I need to see who I'm here for. And so that fear then turns into confidence in my assignment. Because if you're in this place looking at me like that, I know you're the one that needs help. Yeah. I'm a professional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're not, your face ain't going to stop me. Yo, no, no, you're the one I'm here to help, right? See, again, fear will make you think, Nah, no, I ain't going to do it. Or you get up there looking down, shuffling notes or messing up notes or looking, you know, messing up the message and not taking the chances, rushing and getting off stage. No, but when fear turns into your confident resolve that I am the person for this moment, then it does something to you. That confidence rises up and then you can do what you know you have been given to do, what you have been equipped to do, what you have been born to do. And so, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to learn how to confront those fears with proper questions. What am I really afraid of? You know, one day I was sitting down and, uh, I was listening to a movie, I can't remember, but that, that person, I, I think, no, it was in a movie. It was The Cosby Show. And and Claire was talking to Denise. And she says, uh, Denise said, I'm just afraid, I'm afraid. And Claire said, you know what? You're not afraid of failure. You're afraid that you will be a success. And then everybody will expect you to be successful. That that will be what have to be the course of your life. And so some of you who are listening to me, when you start asking yourself the right question, what you will find is that you're not afraid of the big bad wolf. You're not afraid of all of these other things. You're not afraid of something huffing and puffing and blowing your house down. You're afraid that you actually might build it and it might work and that other people may want you to build theirs. You may be afraid of another level of greater responsibility. Yeah. Think about that, wrap your head around that. Oh wait a minute that that if I do do, do, do this and and, and and it tastes good, maybe other people might ask me to keep making cakes, and that's going to increase my responsibility now i got to organize my life and it's going to start precipitating in other things you've got to do. So some people are not even afraid of failure or a lack of success. they're afraid that this thing might really work, and now I've got to rise up to the moment. Where fear is not the issue, now it's about discipline. It's about organization. And you will be surprised. You will be surprised. Some people are missing the opportunity of their life because they are fearful of being successful call your call. Give me a call, 205-752-4800, or hit me up on the app. Yes, yes, yes. We've got more to go right here with yours truly, Elspeth Smith, on Praise 93.3 FM. Keep it right here. Go ahead and get hydrated, because you probably need some lunch after that spill. <laughs> I know it. Go ahead, get your little something and don't miss it. We'll be back. This is the world Hey, family, we are back. It's the top of the hour, 11 a.m. and some change. You know how it is right here on The Culture Call with your Shirley Elspeth smith on Praise 93.3. That's right. Your best place to hear gospel, music, and inspiration. Absolutely. We are grateful to have you all tuning in with us. If this is your first uh opportunity or first time that you're tuning in with us today, welcome. Uh if you're still here with us, thank you for hanging out with us. We are having an amazing amazing conversation. Um uh, talking about fear and how we can manage fear and really confronting that. And if we don't confront that, how it limits our life. It limits us in such a tremendous way. And um I have been been, been sitting here thinking about all of the ways uh, and all of the the, the whole mindsets of how we have to really be you know honest with ourselves and really deal with what the kids say deal with the real, <laughs> the real the real reality of what we face in terms of being able to move in confidence and break the bands of fear and anxiety uh off of our lives because fear the texas has torment what's that torment about anxiety. Anxiety helps you miss opportunities. It's going gonna, gonna, to, you know, mess up your plan, mess up your vision. Then you enter into shame. Then you enter into guilt and regret. And then you begin to live a life of frustration born, born out of fear. And one of the contexts that you cannot do is allow fear to drive your life. You cannot allow the notions of fear to drive your life, right? Because it robs you. Did you all hear what I'm saying? When you let fear control the steering wheel of your life, it robs you. It takes you places that you don't want to go. That Matter of fact, it doesn't even allow you to go places that you don't want to go, uh, uh, that you want to go, and then it drives you down a road and down a street uh, of, of things that could go wrong, you know, down the roads of Murphy's Law, you know, Anything that could go wrong will go wrong, right? That kind of mentality. And then it, it affects your relationships because who wants to be around people who has such a dystopian view of life, that has such a defeated view of what their, you know, what life really looks like? And, you know, it hinders the value of true relationships. And when you don't, when you don't understand you know the nuances and you don't understand how fear really attacks the future it it zaps your strength it zaps your genius it zaps your creativity right And and it really imprisons you because you want to do things you want to interact at a higher level you know, if I asked you, did you really want to interact the high level of yourself and be your best self that you you know you need to be? All of that, you would say absolutely, definitely. I want to do that. And then I said, okay, what well, was standing in your way? And then you give me a list of things, and I'm like, okay, are you willing to confront all of these things on this list in order in order to realize the very dreams and visions that you say you want? See. Again, it's asking the right questions. How much does your dreams and visions mean to you? How much does the the, the answered prayer mean to you? No, seriously, real talk. How much does it really mean to you? Because anything that God gives you to do concerning purpose, when life offers you platforms, when when you get an opportunity to do something you have to confront the real question is that am i willing to do what i need to do to take part in this am i willing to face my goliaths am i willing to 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 walk across the red sea am i willing to stretch out my rod See, that's that's the amplification of those stories. That that's what makes those stories real, right? That's the, the true rhetoric of the Bible. That's what it means. It's not just me talking about Moses, because we can know we know Moses did it. We know David did it, we know Samson did it, we know all of these characters. Abraham, and we delight in the character. But that word it doesn't mean anything until you put yourself and say, if I was Abraham, am I really willing to go up? The mountain to offer my son, my only son to God. Am I really willing to make a, a, a certain level of sacrifice? Cause that's what the whole idea is when you place it in your own personal life. Or am I afraid? First of all, I'm afraid of mountains. Then I'm afraid of knives. <laughs> right? See, you got to confront your fears to do all of that. Yeah. We love talking about David and Goliath, but, but what about your giant? What about your giant? What about that thing that's looking you in the face and say, you ain't gonna never do it. You ain't gonna never do this. And talking about you and talking about your faith and talking about all of that. Are you willing to confront that? Or are you fearful? Right? That you can shout over David, but, but, but there's somebody that needs to shout over you. Huh? There is something that need, that, that you need to confront. Absolutely, make sure you make sure you do that. You got to do that. I know we talk about Peter walking on the water and the disciples. Man, that's the don't take that, that makes good old preaching, good old Sunday morning sermons great. But it means nothing until you become Peter, right? Or you might have to recognize. You all ready? Drum roll, please. That you're one of the ones in the boats that's trying to tell Peter stay in it. Yeah, you, you, right. <laughs> see, you could be one of the ones in the boat crying, screaming and crying. Right? You have to see yourself in the text. You have to see yourself in that experience. That's how you begin to break fear. That's how you begin to confront the realities of life that you've got to see that. You have got to see yourself as that person that might have to do something that they don't normally do. That that fear is restricting them from doing. You gotta confront your traumatic experiences. You know, everybody's talking about I got PTSD. I get it, I understand, and it is very real, very real. You know, accidents, abuse, you know, you could witness violence, all of those things can lead to fear. But guess what? You've got to confront it. You gotta confront it. Those traumatic experiences unconfronted will hold you in the prison of that one experience it will let you you know here it is text again it will cause you to walk around a mountain 40 years and not go into possessing the promised what well, promise of what really belongs to you of your life for your family of your relationships of your finances right see If you, if, oh, I got PTSD. I get, I get it. I understand. But are you actively getting help for it? Right? You got to do, you got to do that. You have to confront it. All of us, all of us, because those things, those traumatic things do have effects on our brains, do have effects on the way that we see the world, our perspectives, our perceptions, and the way that we chart the course of moving forward. All of them do, you know? You got to confront your phobias, not just the trauma. You got to confront phobias, you know, and that's that that's that intense, irrational fear of a specific objects, you know, situations or, or activities, you know, uh, uh, acrophobia, which is the fear of heights. You know, I'm not flying because I fear heights. You know, I'm I'm not going into tall buildings because I fear that. But what if the opportunity is in a tall building? <laughs> what if the promotion moves you from a lower level to the upper level? What happens? And now you got to overlook the city. You got to go up higher. You got to take the elevator to get up. What if? What if that's the case? What if that's the case? You know, now nobody don't like spider spiders, but you know, arachnophobia—that's what that's called. Arachnophobia—you're afraid of spiders, or you know, aviophobia—I'm scared to get on a plane. You know, because I was on it one time and that plane had turbulence and I swore for the Lord that if they'd ever let me down from out here, I ain't never getting back on the plane. Right? <laughs> you know, the Bible said, lo, lo, I'm with you always. It didn't say hi. <laughs> right? That's we, You know, we black folks, we tell ourselves any old kind of thing. Lo, I'm with you always. <laughs> I didn't tell you hi, I was with you always. Are you serious? Are that, uh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> really, y'all? <laughs> but yeah phobias can cause you to fear and develop these kind of uh psychological you know disorders and all this kind of stuff you know and and and, and you sometimes you just got to confront what those is- issues that you uh, have a phobia about you know you got to confront the anxiety yes you do you got to confront the panic. Why do you always panic? You got to confront the social disorder, anxieties. Yeah, I'm just, I don't do people. I can't do it right around people. I don't do parties and I don't do this and I don't do that. And then you don't self-diagnose yourself as an introvert. Because I don't do this and I don't do all these all these anxieties. I don't know. When you get around a bunch of people, you don't know. People can be violent. Oh, I get it. I understand. And that is a real reality living in the world that we live in today. You get around a group of people, you know, you go, you're going thinking you're going to have a great evening and somebody comes out and, you know, and I I get it. Been there, done that, got a T-shirt, spent the night. But that should not stop you from living. That should not allow you to give you a reason to let fear stay existent in your life. You can't do that. You got to calm that anxiety down. And I'm not saying go with a thousand people. I wouldn't try that first, but you go out with your friends, people who you trust. You know, get out of that space that makes you feel like, oh, you know, I'm afraid of people. Everybody's out to hurt me. Everybody is not out to hurt you. If you read the text well, the text says, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to curse him that curse you and bless them that bless you. What is he saying? There's more for you than they are against you. So yeah, change your mind about that. Right? Start off little to break that anxiety. I'm anxiety, you can't swim. Start off on the on the little, on the edge. Don't try to jump into six feet. You know you can't swim yet. If you, so you no You don't have to do anything drastic, but you do need to try. So go to the place where the stairs are and, and walk in the water and, you know, do your feet and where you can, your feet can touch the bottom to assure you that you've got something on the bottom, right? Get you a swim trainer. I'm, and I'm just using swimming as an example, but don't allow anxiety to stop you from at least trying to live, trying to enjoy life. Yeah. All things, he's given us all things freely, freely to enjoy. What does that mean? That you are supposed to enjoy life. You're not supposed to be afraid of life and what it can bring. That's not your lot in life. That's not my lot in life. But sometimes in order to enjoy life, again, you know, one of my friends told me, hey, I'm going to go out. You know, you want to go skydiving with me? And I looked around because I knew he was talking to somebody else. Listen, I knew. I was like, oh, no, you're not talking to me. Not the kid. I know you. Bruh, you are not talking to me. (laughs) I just started laughing in his face. Yeah, man, let's go skydiving. I said, you talk about up in a plane and jumping out of it and pulling a parachute? (laughs) He's like, yeah, man, let's live for the thrill of life. The thrill of life. Oh, no, no. Nope, 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 nope. I don't need that kind of thrill. See, that's not what I'm talking no, I'm not talking about that kind of anxiety. No, because some people live on that edge. We all you know, we all experience life on a spectrum. <laughs> right? So yeah, I I'm not I'm not at that level of spectrum yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not saying that I won't ever be, but right now Right now, that's not even a desire of mine to do. So I'm not afraid of it. It just ain't a desire of mine to do. It would be different if it was a desire, but I was afraid. And that fear kept me from the, my desire. That would be different. But I have no desire. Culture call. Do y'all hear me? I know I ain't by myself. I don't have a desire to go up, you know, thousands of feet in the air and jump out I and, and pull a parachute. I, that ain't never, listen. You know, I don't have a desire to go to Mount Everest. I saw something on social media that these folks was on Mount Everest and and looking and the bodies were just falling down from the mountain of people that was climbing up and lost their grip. And the bodies were just flowing down. I said, oh, no. I mean, in my mind, I'm saying that'll never be me because that ain't even a desire of mine. See, fear comes to attack your desire to live in a certain thing or to experience a certain thing that you really want or that you really need to do. Now, I don't see the need or do I have the want to be to go on top of Mount Everest. You know, you got these people that swim with sharks. Now, I don't even have that desire. They got that desire. I'm not. When you be in a cage... Man, have you seen them things, eat through the cage, hop hop out the water and jump in the cage? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and to me, that's not fear. It don't I don't even it, it don't even reside cuz it's not a desire. It's not a desire. I don't even have a desire. That's not something I wake up thinking that I can do and do, that I want to do. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right? All right. And so so that's that's very important. So you got to, you got to, but those things, those anxiety, those anxiety things dwell in an area that you have a desire in. You see, I'm to make sure that, that, that when you have to confront anxiety, anxiety attaches itself to a fear of something that you have a desire for, an opportunity that is essential for your life. And you have to deal with that, right? Good deal. Then you also have to deal with, you know, that, that whole idea of the fear of uncertainty and, and the unknown. Come in black folks lean in. Come here. come here. Come, 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 come closer. Can you hear me? Can y'all hear me? We don't know everything. Right? We don't know everything. Right? And so there are going to be some unknowns. One of the things that aggravate me is when, I, when I'm reading something and I'm like, I know this person doesn't have a skill set to be addressing this, but they keep talking about what they're against, they, all of this. And I'm like, but what you're talking about is really unknown to you. You think you know about it, but you don't, right? And we fear that uncertainty. We fear that that, that future. We fear the things that we cannot control. We fear the, the, you know, the people and the, the places and the, all of the, We fear all of that. You know, we don't like to be out of control. Let me say that again. Part of our fear in this area is, is that we do not like to be out of control. We don't we can't stand it. And that, you know, and here's the funny part, that makes us cautiously nosy. <laughs> That's right. It makes us cautiously nosy. Nosy folks. <laughs> That's what it is. You know, you you've ever heard this thing called curiosity killed the cat? Yeah. Yeah, we are curious cuz we want to know and because we pretend that we know everything, so we think we should know everything, but we have a fear of what we don't know, but then we've got a fear of knowing it. So we'll make up information. We'll make up things that act like we know it when we really don't know it. Because, you know, I, I it's like, I don't know. I know something you don't know. It puts us in control. It puts us in a power position and half of the stuff they don't even really, really know. And what I've done now is I don't even argue with you. If you think you know it, could. God bless you. Go ahead on with your information that you think you know. I'm going to let you go ahead and deal with that. I'm going to let you go on and deal with that. Since you know about this, then okay. All right. right. I'm And I'm sitting there. I know it don't say that. I know that's not what it says. Especially church, folks. I know that's not what it says. That's not... I know that the, the the language that it was written in, the words that they used, I know that was manipulative words that they used. I know that this is redactions. I know that this was something that, that no, mm-mm. okay, but you know it. You know that you know. I got it. Okay. All right. I got it. No problem. No issue. Go ahead on. It was a time that I used to argue folk back and forth. And then I read that uh, the text about debating. Nah, I'm good. If you know it, hold what you got, daughter. <laughs> Sir, Hold what you got, cause what I'm not gonna do is argue with you about that. But yeah, there's a fear of the unknown, the fear of the uncertainty, fear of being out of control. Yeah, fear, fear of all of that, right? Good deal. And so here's another one: fear of loss and separation. Fear of loss and separation. You know, when when you when you when you when you feel like you'll lose something and someone important. You know, like a loved one or a job or security, here's what will happen. Here's what will happen. That fear will cause you not to value human relationships. Did y'all hear what I just said? That fear of losing them will cause you not to value them. But I I, I value them, that's why I fear losing them. No, 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 no. Because, because if you really did love them, if you really did want them to be a part of your life, you would hold on on, as tight and you would, you would, you know, you would make sure that you utilize the time you have together, not push them away, but to bring them closer. And so fear of loss and separation, you know, and, and I get it because all of us will face that one because this one is connected to grief and mourning. When you lose something important, it could be a a, a death, it could be a, a divorce, you know, it could be something even as simple as a natural course of letting go, which is your children growing up and they're moving out and getting on their own, you know, it could be something like that. And, and we fear, you know, so we treat people and we treat relationships and we treat things like they don't matter so that when it, when and if. So that when it does leave, I, it ain't going to hurt as bad. It's not, I don't have to make as much adjustment as I need to make. I, yeah, I don't, I'm, mm, no. Oh, that didn't mean anything. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. See, that that the, the, the cost of loving is losing. The cost of loving is losing. Absolutely. Absolutely. and And when you really love someone... The 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 love is the predominant factor. It's not the losing them. It's not the losing them. If you live in this world, loss is going to happen, especially in the area of relationships. And if you let the loss be stronger than the love, then you're going to push that person, that relationship away. You're going to push the very opportunities that you have to make every moment count because you're afraid of loss and separation. You know? and instead of bringing them closer and cherishing every moment that you have together right and so you're, you're you're and think about it you're you're fearing the pending loss which might be 30 40 50 years away you don't even know because we don't know that time right but when you get in this kind of mindset you'll be like nah, i no nah, I'm, I'm just gonna put you know I love her, but I don't want her to know I love her. I'm not going to invest all my love because if they leave, I'm not going to know what I'm going to do without them and all this kind. And your mind, anxiety starts talking to you and you start thinking about 50 different ways to Sunday about what could happen. And you torment your own self. Right. See, and that's not fair. Because the fearing loss and separation will cause you not to value the relationships that you have. Yeah, I love I love my children, but I know they got to get at my house one day. I know that was one of my greatest fears when they started going to college. It was that emptiness syndrome. My wife and I, you know, it's not that I didn't love my wife because I love her. But I have to get used to not hearing these voices that they, they're they a part of my life, a daily routine. So you, you don't push them away. You're like, I don't want to be with my kids because one day they're going to leave me and I don't want to hurt that bad. No, you embrace them. That hurt, that loss, that feeling is because of love and because of the value that you have for them. Absolutely. You know, it's the same with the, you know, the death of a parent. But I ain't going to talk to mama. I ain't going to do all that. I'm going to stay my distance because, you know, I don't want it to hurt that bad. Man, please. You no, know, instead of utilizing all the time you have to make every moment count. Every moment has to count count you call every moment has to count don't allow fear to rob you from the aspect of life that makes every moment count and the older I get the more I'm learning that yes I love me time I love that because I'm I'm a thinker I'm a creative I, I my space i I love that because that's kind of the wheelhouse where god downloads ideas and I start thinking and start creating start songwriting start writing books you know, start hearing messages and sermons and those all those kinds of things. I love that space. But the older I get, the more I'm cherishing. Cherishing the moments of my family. Cherishing the moments of my friendships. Cherishing the moments of those who God has placed in my path and given to me. I'm cherishing that. I'm not fearing that as we get older, one day I might lose them. So I'm going to push them away and not. Come on. Fear has won if I do that. And I refuse. I refuse to let fear win in that regard and in that aspect. Absolutely not. not. Not no. No. They mean that much to me. See because when when that time does come for us to separate that whatever that is, I'm going to have memories that I created because of the love. Fear is going to rob me of the necessary memories of the of the ones i love and the things i could have had but i pushed them away cuz i was too afraid to lose them not on understanding that i've lost them already right so that's something that you got to think about here's another one you got to confront now here's a big one cultural and societal influences and let me go ahead and say i'm going to get in trouble with this one okay okay and so you got to confront that Right. Uh, for example, media portrayals of violence and disasters can instill fear and anxiety. Cultural beliefs and norms can cause influences with what in- individuals fear and perceive as threatening. Right. This whole idea of homophobia, transphobia, uh, all these kinds of phobias that are coming up that have been, you know, inculcated in our society have been, you know, been spoken over. We learn a lot of those fears in church. In religion, I can say that I'm authority on that. I'm a pastor, been pastoring, been studying religion, getting a degree in it right now, even, right? A semester away. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The object is, is that anytime there is a cultural or a societal fear created, it is for somebody's lack of understanding, somebody's ignorance or somebody's political positioning, right? That, that. The, the I the reason why you hate a, a a homosexual or a same gender loving person is because of a lack of understanding number one number two is because you've heard a whole lot in church concerning that kind of hate that your mind has been skewed to think hate and you don't think like Jesus you, you don't, don't no Because he would embrace, he would understand that there's enough power in his love to be able to minister to their need than to shun them off, than to push them away. White people hate black people because of unknowns. They are afraid that if things ever get equal in this country, that we will do to them what they have done to us, point blank. This is why, especially in the South, they fear equity they fear egalitarianism they fear you know uh, uh, us advancing this was the whole issue about the voting situation in our state while they were taking away a black district so it could be predominantly white and only one white district and the supreme court said absolutely not and they defied that they defied that law they defied what the Supreme Court said because of cultural and societal influences. They were hearing it in their church. They're hearing it in their clubs. And so, yes, if we take this vote away, they may not vote like we, we vote. They may change the power structure of our cities, of our of our counties, of our state. They may not be there. So let's take the power away. That's what that's about. And this is a hard thing to break. You got somebody who does not like a, a a a a trans man or a trans woman. I'm not talking about from a religious perspective of how Jesus sees us and what is right and wrong. I'm not talking about even from the biblical perspective. And y'all know how I feel about this culture. Call. I. This is the deal. That th- that's a human being. All such were some of you. All of us struggle with something, and that's why I try to tell people, especially when I'm when I'm teaching leaders and I'm teaching folks, I say, listen. That the that homosexuality and those things are even not listed as one of the abominations God says a proud look sowing seed of discord among the brethren gossip yeah yeah that's exactly a lying tongue huh that part see there's a plethora of things that we all, all have to that's all manifested in our life and when we begin to fall on these cultural and societal influences that's the thing that has america in a chokehold these eight united states and has had it over in a chokehold since its inception that's what's going on and all over the world is these cultural and societal things that causes us to fear one another and not see each other in the sight of god Oh, I could go on about that, and I will, but guess what? I need you to get a drink. (laughs) I need you to get a pack of nabs. See, when y'all listen to me, you got to keep your little snacks. That's right, so you can get nourished, right? This is The Culture Call with yours, truly L. Spencer Smith, right here on Phrase 93.3 FM. We've got more to go. I need you to stay right here. Don't miss it. This is the world. We are back right here on The Culture Call with yours truly. You know who I am, L. Spencer Smith. Praise 93.3. We are having and have had an amazing show today. Yeah, uh, our conversation here is talking about confronting fear, confronting our fears. Right? What are you afraid of? What's going on? What's keeping you from moving and maximizing in the desire that you want to have? That's something important that we need to ask. I think that's very, very essential to the course of our lives as we embrace the changing of the seasons. You know, as we come closer to October 31st, what folks call Halloween, whatever, you know, whether you celebrate that or not, you know, that's neither here nor there. But October is normally that month where we start seeing, you know, uh, caricatures, witches and goblins and ghosts and all those. Historically, that's kind of been what the th- the season is about. But hey, I, but I want to talk to you in a very real way a real way, the ghosts and the goblins and the witches in our minds that manipulate us and uh, keep us away from all of the great things that God has intended for our lives to manifest. And so I definitely want to keep make sure that we are in tune with that. Listen, we talked about in the last segment uh, about this whole societal and cultural fear and I want to give some solutions of how we can break fear and move forward because this is a solution driven for our community. That's this. Yes. Um, I believe it. I preach it. I teach it. I live it. That that you have to confront your fear and what it's really about. And one of the things that uh, uh, when my I was growing up as a young preacher, uh, my granddaddy was telling me, he was like, listen, you can't fear what God has called you to love. You cannot fear. A certain thing and minister to it to help it out and that framework that shaped my mentality even though i grew up in a rigid not harsh but yeah a rigid strict pentecostal holiness sanctified a house denomination that was my that's what i was born in firstborn church of the living god based in waycross georgia that's where you know in monks corner i was a part of that denomination when i grew up and i mean it was rigid i saw a whole lot of things i'm like wow And it was a a particular kind of cultural and societal and even religious kind of fear that wasn't the fear of the Lord. It wasn't the fear of the Lord. As the scripture says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's not what it was. It was the fear of the other, the fear of the difference, the fear of sin, the fear of hell, the fear of, of eternal damnation. Right? And... I could never rationalize the scripture, even as a little boy, you know, even though I I grew up in that society and a part of that environment was a part of the way I thought. I could never rationalize when I got the text like perfect love cast out fear. So that means any area in my life where I am fearing love, perfect love, matured love, whole love, complete love is not in operation in my life. And so sometimes here's the deal. Sometimes it is not. What I love about Jesus, he sometimes doesn't even deal with what is right and what is wrong. Come closer. Come closer because some of y'all going to miss this. Jesus a lot of times does not deal with what is right and what is long, wrong. He deals with what is going to produce life. Okay, come closer one more time. Right and wrong exist. Are y'all ready for this? Let's, do, let's just do a little deep dive. Let me do what I normally do on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> All right. right and wrong exist on the tree he told us not to eat. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we understand right and wrong from the perception of a tree that we were even forbid, forbidden to eat. In other words, we're viewing right and wrong being in uh, in humanity from the from the context of disobedience from the very beginning. Because we were told not to eat of that tree. We were told not to eat of that tree. You know, there were two trees in the garden. There was the tree of life, yes, and then the tree of of knowledge of good and evil, right? And uh, humanity at the time was told, don't eat of that tree. Don't eat of that tree. Because the moment you eat of that tree, you're going to begin to rationalize apart from me. God says you're not going to begin to think about what produces life in a situation. You're going to be looking at it from the context of good and evil, right and wrong. And so when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes, number 1, he says, "I come that you might have life." He comes restoring the tree that we should have ate from, that we should have eaten from rather. He comes restoring the ability to have life and have it more abundantly, Zoe, the God kind of life back to the garden of Eden. Right? That's one. Number two, look at what Jesus deals with when he deals with certain issues. He doesn't deal with it from a right and wrong context. He doesn't deal with it from the Mosaic law kind of context. He doesn't deal with it from a religious or a legalistic context. He does not. Read the text. He doesn't. When when that woman was caught in that very act of adultery and they did it just to test him, test him according to the law and to religion, by right, if he was only dealing with right and wrong, she should have been stoned and the man, because that's what the text says. So they weren't even producing the right test because the text was the that the text was already telling them what the test was. That was a flawed test, right? And so he, he said he started writing on the ground. and then he stopped and he says, okay, ye who are without sin among you, let him cast the first stone." In other words, all of y'all. Have been right and wrong. You just you just set a trap to catch her. Yeah. You catch you caught her and and he, you know, they all dropped their rocks and they all left. And then he deals with the woman and he says, Hey, where are your accusers? She says, I have none. He says, Neither do I, neither do I go and send no more. Right? See, what would happen if we chose life instead of trying to see what was right and wrong? How many people's lives would have been different? How many people would have been changed if we didn't let the fears and the phobias that our culture, our religion, and our society teach us how to hate people? Because you can't hate people into loving them. Y'all don't want to talk to L today. Y'all don't want to say nothing. (laughs) Listen, you cannot hate people. You can't, you can't hate into loving folks. And that you you can't, you gotta, you have to abandon the fear. You can't abandon the hatred. You gotta abandon the phobia you have of certain kinds of people if you're really going to help them to love them into the help that they may need. And you may be surprised. See, here's the next thing. We, you're looking at it from a sexuality context, but those, but, but, but what if there is a psychological context going on? What if there is something that happened? Uh, what, what if this is just how they have presented themselves? What if this what if this, 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 whole idea? Right? Because you was drinking and still coming to church. Nobody stopped you. You were drinking and still singing in the choir. Yeah, you were doing all kinds of things and still was an usher. You were still deacon on the front row. You still was at the Red Circle. You still was a missionary, saints and friends. Nobody ran you off. So what? Uh, nobody feared you enough to run you off so why are you fearing other people now that you're quasi converted that's not what we're called to do Jesus says to Peter when you are converted and I told you put yourself in Peter's shoes when you are converted do what strengthen your brethren right so we got to break out of this fear that causes us to hate people that causes us to do, do do you know to uh to think that they got the cooties and whatever they're dealing with is going to rub off on us. You know many drunks, and you ain't drunk yet. You haven't drunk a, a drink a drink yet, huh? You you know folks that cheat on their spouses, and you ain't cheated on yours yet, and yet you're friends with them. Okay, so then you 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 know how this works. But what you need to do, number one, if you're going to overcome fear, you got to identify it and acknowledge it. You got to take your time and acknowledge it. This is what I fear. This is what's going on. That this is what, yeah, this thing is tormenting me and I need to address it. Number two, you got to educate yourself. Oh my God. What did I tell you? That fear dwells in the dark and the dark meaning ignorance. That's why you got to educate yourself. Right. When you, when, when you lack a certain level of knowledge and understanding, you got to go study the concepts, the situation, the object, the person. You got to study because gathering that information And talking to them, having a conversation causes some things to dispel in your life and dispel. It it causes light to shine and light is the precursor to goodness in Christ coming in. Here's the number three. You got to challenge the negative thoughts. Whenever you're fearful and you got negative thoughts, I'm going to die. The plane going to fall out the air. No, you got to challenge that. You got to challenge that. Don't you allow your mind to send you on a tangent, on a riff raff, and you end up just paranoid and all these different kinds of things. Don't you allow it to happen to you. You feel me? Don't do it. Don't do it. You have to challenge that thing. You have to talk to yourself. Listen, you know, if you, as much as we read the Bible, I will not die. I shall live to declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. He come that I might have life. Greater is he that's within me than he that is in the world, right? He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. He will have given his angels charge over me lest I dash my foot against the stone. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, you know what to say, you know? Find you some positive affirmations and talk talk yourself out of that fear. Fear has no power over my life, Right? And then you got to gradually expose yourself to certain things and situations to get out of that fear. You remember I talked about phobias? Now, I'm not saying go pick up a tarantula. I'm not saying go pick up a snake. I'm not talking about going up to the high. You ain't got to take a trip to the Empire State Building. Gradually do those things. Go to the zoo. You know? Go to a pet store if you're afraid of of animals. Absolutely. You scared a dog, start with a puppy. Yeah, you scared of cats, start with a kitten, you know? Yeah, that part. Yeah, And again, I'm not talking about animals that have an instinct to kill and attack. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm not talking about if you're scared of bears, go find a cub. No, <laughs> I'm not. definitely not. I'm not saying if you're scared of snakes, go find a baby snake. No, we're we not. No, that's not what I'm saying. So make sure I get that right, but you gotta gradually expose yourself. It's a technique that many psychologists use to help people get over phobias and fears, right? (laughs) Right? Right? And you gotta get support. If you're gonna get out of fear, you gotta get people supporting you. You gotta get, talk to your family and say, hey, I'm not, I, I need help here here's what I fear. You got to be honest with yourself, honest with your friends, honest with your family. Get you a support network of people who understand what it means to overcome a challenge, the challenge of fear and anxiety. Get that. You got to have a conversation. It's okay. People who you can trust. You know, not people that's going to tell your business and, you know, you got to be careful who you vent to because vents go to other rooms. So that means that whenever you start venting, you got to be careful because they might tell somebody else, but somebody who's going to keep your fear. Keep that thing and work with you and encourage you on the steps of your journey to overcome it. Absolutely. You've got to do that. Definitely. Listen, you got to practice. Here's another one. Practice relaxation techniques. Now, this is me. I'm going to talk about me. That There are times I travel all over the country. I do it all of the time. And so when I get up in the air and there's a little turbulence, what I do is I have a a thing with spa music, really relaxation music. I put it in my ear pods. I cut off the, put cut on the noise cancellation and I listen to it. And the plane ride becomes like I'm in a spa. I I take deep breaths. I start relaxing. I don't drink any caffeine. You know, I might get uh, uh, some juice or something like that, some water and just relax myself until I get to my destination. Because that helps me in, in reduce the tension that will trend to fear. You see, you got to know how to relax. Relax. Go to the massage parlor. Go to the salon. Go to the masseuse and let them just kind of get that tension out of your out of your neck. You got to do that. And here's the thing: take small steps. It's not going to overcome. You're not going to overcome everything tomorrow. Fear is not going to be. All fears in your life are not going to be gone. To, to you know, in a second, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. No, some things you got to take small steps. Be patient with you. And what you'll find out is that where fear was, courage and confidence will start rising. Boldness will start rising. And when you look back on it, you will see what you used to fear. You don't fear anymore. Absolutely. Listen. This has been a great, great show, but it's almost time for me to land this plane. We got a little bit more for you. This is The Culture Call with Elspeth Smith right here on Praise 93.3. Keep it right here. Don't miss it. This is the world from here. Well, family, we've come to the end of another show, another amazing show. And I could not have done it without you. Absolutely. Without you listening, without you uh, taking notes, without you encouraging me, without you giving me information about your own life. Yeah, I could not be able to do this. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing show, The Culture Call every day that's right i appreciate you listen this has been a a stretching show i get it i get it and you know i want to make sure that i never come across as someone that's simply preaching because you know i do that all the time if you want to hear me preach The Impact Nation Fellowship Church on Wednesdays and Sundays in special programming, 1110 26th Avenue East, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right there in the beautiful part of town, Alberta City. You can come to our church and you can hear me. I would love to have you as my guest. Uh, But on the radio, I try not to come across as preaching. But sometimes it sneaks out because guess what? It's just kind of who I am. But the truth of the matter is, is that fear... Is not of God. When the Bible says fear the Lord, it really means honor or respect him, have reverence him and put him off. The fear of the Lord is, that's what it means. It doesn't mean I'm afraid of him. And that's kind of what people have made him. So they really can't, you know, the really, the one that can really help us out of fear, these phobias is God, but we're afraid to approach him because you can't ask God no question. You don't question God, you know? which is not biblical at all, which is not biblical. That was something that was taught to us by the slave masters that did not want us to question them concerning their supposed authority over the slaves. And so since they made it seem like God gave them the right to be over all humanity, they say you shouldn't question God. And we've just adopted that as a part of our hermeneutic, as a part of our religion, a part of our theology. But that's not true because the Bible says of itself if any man lacks wisdom let him ask God job questioned God what's going on with me David questioned God how why have thou cast down all my soul God what's going on the prophets did the same thing God's not going to kill you because he's your partner and so when you fear and reverence and honor him he will help you take care of your fears all my fears have found their calm has found their resolution has found their confidence, their boldness, I put my trust in him. And I know that if I trust him, he's going to remove fear. As a matter of fact, he will will allow me to do it even though I'm a little bit afraid. He will give me the grace and the energy and the know-how to get it done. I want you to attack that today, family. I want you to look at the things in your life that you fear, and I need you to trust him with all your heart, God, that is, and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. I'm talking about every last one of them. Acknowledge him, respect him, honor him, and the promise is he will direct your paths. That means everywhere you go, not just one path. Look at it again. There's an S on that path, paths. (laughs) That means wherever you go, he's going to make sure that you'll be a bold confident person, the one that he created to fulfill the desires of his heart. Absolutely. Listen, this has been an amazing day, but at the end of every phone call, my grandmama and my mama used to say, I love your bushel. I love your peck and I love your hug around the neck. You know what this is. This is the culture call with yours truly L. Spencer Smith. Yeah. Right here on Praise 93.3. Have an amazing day. God bless you. Peace.